games and four four games for the Islanders, the lowly Islanders. Good night and go blue. <laughs> You are listening to your home for Michigan Athletics, 88.3 WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Locate us on the web at WCBN.org. 15 seconds remain. Hunwick has it. Forward to Tambellini. Tambellini, he'll shoot. Save there, and the rebound comes to Hunwick. Six seconds remain. Tambellini shoots and scores. It comes around to Jeff Tambellini at the near side circle with 5.3 seconds remaining. Tambellini gives the Wolverines a 6-5 lead. I repeat myself when under stress. This is Adrian Ballou. Keep listening to WCBN-FM right here in Ann Arbor. You Adrian. sleep, eat, drink, dream. Oh, Wanda, you sure is pretty in them tight clothes all painted up like trash. One, two, three, four! If it's too loud, then your pants aren't tight enough. Listen to Tight Pants every Friday afternoon from 3 to 5.30, only on 88.3 WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Taste that rock and roll run. Well, I'm afraid it's here to stay, well, the uh, theme of the week is it's messy out there. Welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And Jim Dwyer here, scooching in the sliding down the streets. Well, Still. you don't have to go anywhere tonight. Don't do it. And if you want to see an example of uh, what government workers do, they're not plowing today in the city of Ann Arbor because it's President's Day. So day off. Uh, Might not see a lot of plowing action either tomorrow because the schools are out of session this week, public yeah. schools. Oh, really? Completely just yeah, like it's the week off. It's midwinter break, so oh, wow. public schools. They would have had a two yeah. snow days. <laughs> this would have been a snow day for sure, so it's kind of a waste of a snow day. Those uh, kids are gnashing their teeth over that. Yeah, <laughs> walk sure of the are. draw. But yeah, messy, messy week. Mess, messy all over the place. Somalia, Rome, Pakistan, Bahrain, Yemen. Libya. Libya, Scott Brown, he's messy. <laughs> we won't go into him. That's a melodrama that we don't need down here on Gray Matters. And, of course, Libya and Wisconsin. Yeah. Snow here in Michigan. Uh, got a lot more than they were predicting. And Gaddafi, uh, who I think has always been one of the more interesting dictators of the world. Um, mercurial, iconoclastic. I was looking at the word gadfly, and I noticed that it actually spells Qaddafi. Just uh, oh. you got to replace the L with the uh, 
In his prime, he was capable of sort of witty uh, asides that uh, you yeah. throw out. Uh, Frequently seemed to be on meds, too. He always had a kind of a weird, puffy face. And well, the Reagan administration sort of tried to set him up as the big yeah. bad guy. And, of course, uh, for Reagan's first inauguration, there were all the threats of Libyan infiltrators, yeah. the bogeys, and so all sorts of fortifications, defensive uh, fortifications were set up. Uh, for the first time in a presidential inauguration. And uh, the media, I think it was largely the Washington Times, who began a series on, is Muammar Gaddafi a cross-dresser? And these photos of him in, like, strange light and with, you know, sh shifting headpieces on that uh, made him look like Joan Crawford or something. I yeah. Well, he, I think he's got a Berlusconi groupie in, in, in the palace there. Well, Libya and uh, Italy she, she have ma uh, massage therapy, as they uh, say. Sure, <laughs> it's uh, it's all about the therapy. Massages his puffy his puffy face. <laughs> but yeah, you know he's he's been been kind of interesting. Uh, the media, I think, is you know what's exactly going on is kind of unclear. But obviously, there's violence. Uh, probably a civil war is really underway here. Uh, Gaddafi probably will not be fleeing to Saudi Arabia. Because I don't know if he's even welcome there. You know, he's mm. rubbed a lot of the Arab... Kind of non-aligned. Yeah, non-aligned. You know, he he did the uh, I'm, I'm a ruler of Africa kind of thing there for a while. But, it's you know, he's had a very interesting history because he took over in a military coup while Nixon was president. Uh, needless to say, the Nixon administration actually cozied up to him. Uh, Libya has some of the highest quality crude in the world. Thus, uh, Italy's early rapprochement economically with Libya. Yeah. Ahead of the rest of Europe. And they export it mainly to Europe. And, of course, this will be the first uh, uprising that's actually going to impact oil prices. Uh, I mm -hmm. saw today, even though the American markets are closed because of President's Day. Uh, maybe they should call it Dictator's Day. <laughs> Well, when your face is on the money, every day is President's Day, let's That's face right. it. That's right. President for Life Day. What's clear about what's going on is that uh, monarchism is what's dead. Yeah. Primogenitor is dead, although maybe not in the United States, because <laughs> Jeb Bush is being frequently named as a contender now. We'll see if that happens. Well, the Wait. Bush name ever arises whenever it's a matter of one step forward, two steps back. Yeah. <laughs> and in, in the case of the Bushes, it would be one step <laughs> forward and about eight steps back. But, yeah, we're all interesting uh, how the Republican administrations over the years have had very strange relationships with uh, Gaddafi. Of course, Reagan, you, you mentioned, you know, the whole disinformation campaign. That was later admitted to by John Poindexter, yep. uh, that that was all fake. And, of course, the German discotheque bombing led to the Gulf of Sidra incident and Wolf Blitzer in the Situation Room. <laughs> uh, that, of course, was also kind of phony. Uh, it was... Uh, the infamous uh, flight around the Iberian Peninsula, if you'll recall, the French. Using uh, space-age military technology to uh, blast a guy in a tent. Yeah. Uh, managing only to kill an infant daughter. An infant daughter of Gaddafi, and it probably actually emboldened Gaddafi at the time. Uh, and it's interesting, all these retrospectives about Reagan's 100th birthday. They didn't talk too much about Libya. <laughs> uh, Pan Am 103, of course, has mm -hmm. been... Theoretically linked to Gaddafi, but uh, Gaddafi, in you know, could just say, "Well, I did it in retaliation for the Gulf of Sidra incident." So they kind of keep that quiet. The Reagan, uh, the Reagan fans, 
And, of course, the Bush administration, uh, the latest Bush administration, resumed uh, relations mm -hmm. with Libya after they denounced al-Qaeda. <laughs> Cooperation with dictators is part of the game. Uh, by no means is Gaddafi a American ally never has been, but there have been sort of on-again, off-again relations with Libya that uh, I don't think the media in their recent coverage has uh, given uh, enough uh, historical context to. And, of course, Gaddafi, uh, or uh, maybe we should just call him Gadfly at this point, uh, basically put an L in that name and you've got Gadfly. Oh. Oh, that must mean he's liberal. Anyway, he had the famous Green Book, you know, which was a sort of a pseudo Mao Zedong uh, homage to the Red Book, and he had a kind of a cult of personality, uh, to say the least. Apparently, when he showed up at uh, diplomatic uh, discussions around the world, he would show up with uh, an, an amazing entourage of tents, camels, and goat's milk that he apparently ate raw. <laughs> so... <laughs> A strange fellow indeed, but uh, what seems to be clear, uh, and we don't want to predict the uh, on, uh, complete demise of uh, Gaddafi yet, because I don't know that it's happened, but obviously there have been defections today, there have apparently been some military uh, defections, uh, is that Libya is being divided, and it may look more like the Sudan in upcoming weeks than, uh, than uh, Tunisia or Egypt, we will see. But apparently there's been a complete collapse of the Gaddafi government in the eastern part of Libya. Remember, this is a huge tract of land. It's massive. And uh, more Mainly tribal. sand. More, more, <laughs> mostly sand and uh, more tribal than I think the West has realized. Um, that Hopefully the comparison is not an apt one, but that uh, in the absence of a single strong leader like Tito, the multi-ethnic strands woven together to make Yugoslavia just evaporated. Yeah. And we may see something, as you say, Sudan could be a, a model here, more uh, closely aligned to the eventual outcome of what will happen in Libya. But uh, without a single strongman, these tribal tendencies are going to change the map of Africa yet again. Yeah, and this is apparently what will happen with uh, Libya. It's uh, roughly the size of Alaska, but it's only got 6 million people, and like we said, it's mainly sand. Everybody pretty much lives basically it's sand oil and some beaches. <laughs> and uh, it's... I think it's some a, ancient uh, ruins, of course. It's, it's uh, only got 6 million people in total in the country, so it's not... It's big on the map, but uh, very strategic in terms of what it... Uh, abuts uh, in uh, right. northern Africa. And, of course, ironically, it's between Egypt and Tunisia. Interesting geography once again. And, of course, it was part of the Italian imperial empire at yep. one point, which is why they've always had fairly close relations with uh, Italy, uh, even uh, while Gaddafi was carrying on with uh, his games with Ronald Reagan. So his big mistake may have been uh, announcing that one of his sons would take over for him and uh like mubarak uh um you know with primogenitor that uh, is not going to fly as they say and apparently uh, there have even been reports uh not confirmed but uh, apparently there's actually been uh attack helicopters used on crowds near tripoli so i would recommend tuning into the bbc tonight for more authoritative uh information about 
what's happening and what might happen because it certainly is it's changing uh, interesting probably uh, every few hours and uh it's amazing that the, even today the deputy u.n ambassador uh denounced Gaddafi. Uh, he's obviously not returning to libya one way or another and uh, even the u.n secretary general apparently was under consultations with Gaddafi. there's been a complete media blackout and of course the western media is pretty much been banned from libya Though there are obviously a few Americans now living there since relations were normalized under the wanker George W. Bush. So, uh, other messes. I'm going to give a brain damage award out to the Republican House of Representatives. They passed a budget last week like they uh, promised. And uh, they're, you know, cutting at the edges. But to uh, completely eliminate the Peace Corps... That's reckless, foolish, and the Peace Corps. Uh, That's a really probably more at, at the end of the day an ideological thumb to the nose, meh, than it is uh, yeah. fiscal, you know, rectitude. It's ridiculous because the Peace Corps is actually one of the great American uh, contributions to uh, internationalism. It was uh, conceived under John F. Kennedy. Uh, the first director of the Peace Corps, of course, Sergeant Shriver, recently died. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's interesting that today I did uh, catch a little bit of a 50th uh, presidential uh, symposium that occurred at the John F. Kennedy School uh, live uh, out of Boston uh, regarding the presidency of John F. Kennedy. Very interesting uh, discussions there. C-SPAN 3 may have that on replay, so if you want to catch some interesting history check that one out and then yeah, of course wisconsin well before you get to wisconsin i want to mention too that also on the chopping block in this proposed budget <coughs> is 415 million uh dollars in funds for international disaster assistance and uh you know there are enough reasons for people around the world to uh, be upset with american hegemony american arrogance american power but uh Things like the Peace Corps and things like international disaster assistance are some of the best public relations spending mm -hmm. that uh, the United States taxpayers uh, engage in. And so it seems pretty ridiculous. There's still holdups, for example. Haiti hasn't gotten yeah. all of the earthquake money. Yeah, thanks so. to Senator uh, Tom Coburn, uh, a medical doctor, if you can we believe that. We give so much away in, <laughs> right, yeah. We give uh, so much money away in military aid to countries like Egypt, historically, for decades, and Colombia, and Turkey, and Israel, et cetera, et cetera, uh, that the money that's given away uh, for disastrous instance uh, in relation to those kind of funds is a pittance. Yeah. And if you want to make the cuts... Uh, and, you know, and they're called, of course, um, non-essential government spending. Sure. Um, Afghanistan seems to be largely non-essential government spending. You mentioned a figure last week about the amount spent on air conditioning alone. Staggering. In uh, Afghanistan. It's mind-blowing. Mind-boggling what is being wasted there. And, of course, that's not essential. minimal cuts that they're making don't put any sort of a dent in the actual federal deficit. Uh, the deficit, as we've uh, commented about the American economy, has structural problems that uh, really go back to Reaganomics. And uh, it's fascinating that this showdown in Wisconsin... Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, I, I like to focus a lot on Wisconsin because it uh, is very similar to Michigan. It's got the Union history. Wisconsin was a heavy Union state. In fact, it's interesting that Wisconsin was the first state 
uh, in uh, the United States of America that gave collective bargaining rights to government workers. The Progressive Party, of yeah. course, back in the early day, years of the uh, 20th century. La Follette. La Follette's right out of uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, so, uh, and it's interesting because, you know, most of the people live in the southeast part of the state, uh, along the uh, along Lake Michigan. Of course, it's right across the uh, the lake from us. So it's really a sister state uh, of mm-hmm. major proportions, and uh, politically, a lot of very similar things are going on. Wisconsin was interesting because it was one of two states in which, uh, in these recent elections, that completely flipped from Democratic control to Republican control. The Republicans actually gained both the governor and both houses of the legislature. And we've seen the Democrats uh, in the uh, Wisconsin Senate make a procedural uh, quorum uh, maneuver in which they're out of the state, which doesn't allow business. There's no quorum. Can't vote on the budget. And they're standing up for principles here. There is a big difference between cutting economic benefits at the margins and bailing out on fundamental rights. And uh, I'm with the, with the protesters in Wisconsin, and I think we should always remember that labor unions, while flawed, um, have been overly demonized by the media uh, and uh, Republican politicians. And it's interesting now there's been some examination of Scott Walker's links to the Koch brothers mm-hmm. and millions and millions of dollars of campaign contributions and this is what this is about he's going to keep talking about balancing the budget and certainly some uh, changes may be in order but abandoning fundamental rights and demonizing workers regarding the issue of collective rights is simply wrong it's un-american and it's not in the spirit of negotiating uh, at all so i applaud what the uh, democrats in wisconsin have done to stand on principle for the time being these, by the way, are not, these are uh, the debates about the next year's budget, in mm-hmm. fact, uh, which is always important to remember. And uh, I doubt we'll see this kind of uh, nonsense here in Michigan. I don't think uh, Governor Rick is uh, that foolish. This seems to be an unnecessary political fight by a guy that probably has higher p- political ambitions and uh, knows that uh, he can score political points with a lot of voters. Uh, attacking unions. This is uh, outrageous. Unions gave us many things, including weekends and holidays. And if you want to see what uh, what it's like to deal with government workers being laid off, we may even have a, a shutdown of the federal government in a couple of weeks. Who knows? Uh, obviously, the House vote is just part of the budget process, and that's got to go to the Senate. And they've already said no to those massive cuts in the U.S. Senate. But if you want to see what here in Ann Arbor, what uh, what it's like without workers out there, uh, go uh, check out the streets today. The workers are taking the day off because of President's Day, Dictator's Day, Qaddafi Day. I can't put my garbage out day because there's too much snow. It's pretty amazing. Uh, that's why those streets aren't plowed. And that's what it'll be like, uh, partying like it's 1776. <laughs> Well, uh, you mentioned the BBC earlier. I just want to give a quick mention of something I heard on the BBC yesterday, just from the bizarro world. Uh, so much of uh, what's uh, going on is distressing and upsetting. 
uh, as is this. Don't get me wrong. The royal but, wedding? Uh, no, not no. the royal wedding, but this is just so bizarre. And the, the term that's being used to describe this so-called clinical procedure is most amusing. But there was a brief report on BBC yesterday about uh, something that first got noticed in the West as a YouTube video. Uh, it's a new practice uh, involving... Uh, Swinging infants around in the air by their heels uh, for so-called developmental uh, advancement reasons, and it's called dynamic infant aerobics. Oh, right. And, I think uh, I, it's, it's a Russian thing, It's right? a Russian thing, and you grab uh, the small child by its ankles and swing it back and forth like a pendulum, and at one point, you know, woo, pivot it up and grab it as it's, you know, head, you know, up. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is said to... Uh, Stimulate circular. stimulate the baby that oh the baby is you know used to the confining comfort of the womb and so it's anxious and filled with tension in the uh, world where there is so much open space and so to create a sense of well-being in the child you swing it back and forth like a pendulum and whip it up in the air now uh, the clip involving this uh, was apparently uh, of a 17-day-old baby being swung like this. Uh, this is uh, hilariously bizarre, but uh, I think probably going to lead to a lot of concussed children. <laughs> infants, really. Children's not even the right word here. Infants. I don't think concussed infants are in uh, Russia's, uh, the, the future of Russia's best interest. Well, yeah. Maybe, you know, that could explain, perhaps Sarah Palin had this practiced upon her as an infant. Uh, who knows? But uh, She can see Russia. She can see Russia after all. Maybe it. She's practicing it on her babies. Who knows? I I somewhat yeah, but, doubt uh, it. I found it amusing, and uh, the very name "dynamic infant aerobics" sounds like uh, pretty advanced BS. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess better that than uh, throwing them in a tub of vodka for um, stimulation. <laughs> That'll be the next thing. That'll be the next thing. Right? Vodka baths. They sting, but. It's a cleanser. <laughs> yes, and uh, occasionally, uh, it's interesting, there is good news. Glenn Beck's ratings seem to be rapidly declining. Uh, I always uh, am amused by Frank Rich's columns. Uh, he notes in uh, yesterday's, by the way, that Beck has lost 39% of his viewers in wow. a year and 48% of primetime 25 to 54 age demographic. His strenuous recent efforts to portray the Egyptian revolution as an apocalyptic leftist jihadist conspiracy have inspired more laughs than adherents. And I didn't catch his show today, but uh, I'm sure he's sticking with the story. Uh, it's con completely confused and mixed up. Uh, the only overthrows that have occurred thus far have been uh, pro-American governments, so to speak, yeah. or pro-Western governments, maybe more accurate, because I don't think we ever had as close a relationship with Tunisia as uh, some in the, in the region. But this, at the moment, is a Mediterranean uh, revolutionary situation, despite the fact that there clearly is unrest in Yemen, uh, Bahrain... Well, and other places. Bahrain is particularly interesting, of course, because of the presence of U.S. naval bases. There. Yeah. And this is really probably the one that has the U.S. military installation network the most anxious. Uh, because what happens here, uh, what kind of a response might it at one point necessitate on behalf of the Navy? Um, that's going to look bad. 
Well, I doubt Glenn Beck will be around for 1066, but uh, it may come as news to uh, Britons that they are part of the jihadist leftist conspiracy, <laughs> according to Beck's big board. He's got the big board. <laughs> Don't let him see Glenn Beck's big board. But it would be uh, nice and refreshing maybe if the American uh, media would uh, give us a map of the region showing military American military yeah, bases that would be very, as uh, opposed to just oil producers. <laughs> Well, and that would or non-oil producers because they they rotate between the two. That would also explain where much of the spending occurs. Because we have Qatar, we have Iraq, we have Saudi Arabia, we have uh, Bahrain, Kuwait, Yemen, um, Afghanistan. We have very cozy relations with Yemen, which of course is another. Uh, Disaster of the Cold War. Uh, remember that Yemen used to be divided into two nations, uh, North Yemen and South Yemen. We supported the North Yemenis and the Russians, the South Yemenis, which explains why the, uh, the power um, centrally located there is uh, perilous, because Yemen has all sorts of uh, unbelievable political problems. They have a massive overpopulation, and they have neither uh, oil nor water. They have a rapidly rising population, and uh, things are looking awfully messy over there. But hopefully Glenn Beck can clean it up with the, the big board. The big board. Well, I was looking, uh, spending uh, my afternoon sorting out some of my Gray Matters clippings from uh, uh, the past few months and filing them away, and I came across the uh, exuberant uh, words of uh, Glenn Beck as he led the... Uh, March for Liberty, right there, is his response to the Million Man March, the uh, big showdown uh, for the Tea Party at the uh, Lincoln Memorial there. And uh, the quote from uh, Mr. Beck was that this would be like a Woodstock for this generation, and that years from now people will ask, were you there? <laughs> and uh, I don't think that... Uh, Probably a lot of those people will be willing to admit it a little later. Yeah, and hopefully Beck will admit that he took the brown acid, because <laughs> that might explain his goofy theories. I'm sure that Gaddafi... Well, between that and the John Birch Society pamphlets of yesteryear... <laughs> so. Well, he seems to be recycling them uh, very ineffectively, uh, so hopefully... He will be on the chopping block at Fox News because there's, if there's one thing that Rupert Murdoch does not tolerate, it's poor results. He's a bottom line man. Well, Howard, Howard Beale's ratings uh, took a nosedive, and we all saw what happened to him in the film Network, which yeah. was just on uh, TCM again. I love that last movie. Last week as they uh, highly celebrated underrated. the work of Patty Chayefsky. They mm -hmm. preceded it with his 1970 film The Hospital, which I had completely forgotten about. And a very interesting film, well worth... I don't even know if that one's on DVD, but um, what that movie had to say about the uh, structural and systematic uh, failure of the American healthcare system is just as act or accurate today as that movie was in mm -hmm. 1970. Yeah, I think Network is one of those really successful black comedies, so to speak, um, I'd put it a notch below Dr. Strangelove, but I think it's one of the best of all time. Speaking of black comedy, it's interesting that there's a movement underway here in the Detroit area to have a statue of RoboCop erected. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. that's a black comedy, uh, highly uh, underrated as a black comedy. A Paul Verhoeven movie. Yeah. Really good stuff. Um, talk about uh, picking on corporate America and 
crime and all the sort of weird right-wing uh, themes of the 1980s. I think it uh, covered quite a bit of ground and is uh, very violent, but uh, <laughs> it's it's dark comedy that can only be appreciated if you understand uh, the humor. Yeah, I'm not sure that that's uh, not quite the network. best thing for Detroit to have no. a statue of RoboCop. It's uh, it's too satirical. Yeah. Of uh, of uh, it would be like having a Batman statue. You know, what Dead does that or, say about your city? Dead or alive, you're coming with me. Right. <laughs> I'm here to uphold the law. Uh, one one other real quick brain damage award. I want to continue to harp on the lies that continue to be emanating about Social Security. Social Security is not part of the structural deficit problem here in America. Minor tweaks to the Social Security system can be made. For instance, we can raise taxes on the uh, income level at which uh, is exempt. I think mm-hmm. it's 106000 That can easily be raised to two fifty to keep Social Security stable. Social Security is financed with payroll taxes that actually have masked the size of the structural deficits that started under Ronald Reagan. Social Security was, quote-unquote, saved by Reagan and Greenspan in 1983 when they raised taxes on workers and business to stabilize the solvency of Social Security. Mm-hmm. So to continue to talk about this, in the context of massive deficits and entitlements as part of the deficit problem that, that must be addressed now is, is absurd. Uh, Medicare and Medicaid are quite different. Those are legitimate issues. But uh, Social Security is being falsely lumped in there with uh, Medicare and Medicaid, uh, and it is not insolvent. It Minor remedies can be applied to it as a program, and... Uh, We need not listen to people that are worried about the solvency of Social Security. It's remained solvent for, uh, you know, till 2037, 2039. Incidentally, by the way, the solvency of it went down considerably during the Bush years because so many manufacturing jobs were lost here in America. And uh, it's, it's very fashionable at the moment for conservative politicians to lump this in with the, the evils of labor unions. Uh, we need to change our focus when it comes to the budget. And what is disappointing about the Republican budget that passed the House is that the the defense budget is not on the chopping block in any adequate way. And that is discretionary spending, for the record. Yeah, and uh, that's where you have the real opportunity to witness uh, vast savings. And uh, a sort of a reimagination of how this country's wealth can be utilized to benefit the actual people who live here. Hey, there's a concept. Uh, isn't that the very purpose of government, after all? Um, it just—it's strikingly bizarre that uh, you know, state after state after state will continue to make cuts in the basic things that Americans. And that anybody in the civilized world would expect to have available. Good schools, safe roads. Uh, plowed roads. Plowed roads. <laughs> uh, paved roads. Paved um, roads. You know, uh, speaking uh, nationally, uh, funding is being uh, cut for uh, developmental research into uh, rapid transit, uh, high rail trains, uh, high speed rail trains. Um, We've uh, seen what the cuts have already done to uh, 
the government's attempt to encourage people to pursue green technologies. And uh, here in the state of Michigan, bizarrely, uh, Governor Rick has chosen to suggest eliminating the incentives to sort of encourage the film industry to establish a more permanent 